Hey now, say now, you're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I am your host, Devon Pouncey. We are here in the beautiful city of Portland, Oregon, at the Momentum Studio. Zeb behind the controls on the engineer. What's going on with you over there, Zeb? Can we get you? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Ah, I'm good. I'm good. We got you. Um, some quick announcements before I announce the guest that we have here today. Um, some of you may not hear this before the gig because I'm recording on a Friday right now. And my gig is tonight at the Moxie Hotel. I'll be spending over there uh, from 8 p.m. till close. So I'll try to get this episode up before then, but you may not hear it today. But if you do hear it today and you're here in Portland, come on by. I'll be there. Um, also, got to give a shout out to the FIVA Family Foundation as well as Club HBHF. Um, last week, I got to host and commentate what was a smash of a success in the Solano, in the Solano County Summer Jam Classic out in the Bay Area. Um, it was a $15,000 cash prize for the winning team and a team called Repties, which is short for reputables, not reptiles, but the Repties, they're from Oakland and they came out there and they got the job done, put together a hell of a squad, a lot of former D1 athletes, a lot of athletes that are playing overseas right now, but are just kind of in their break between seasons. So they put together a stack squad and they left $15,000 richer. So shout out to them. And a huge shout out to those foundations for having me out there to host that tournament. It was a whole lot of fun. Um, the community showed up and showed out. It was standing room only both days. And I did about 16 hours of commentating. So I left my voice in the bay and it just flew back into Portland yesterday, <laughs> although I've been back since Monday. So uh, it, it, it was a hell of an event. And again, congratulations to, to Team Repties for winning that. But now I got a couple special guests here today. Um, they are the co-founders of the Sports Source app, which is a brand new app that I'll let them tell you all about shortly. Um, one of our guests actually has been here before, and it was on episode two. Yeah, I remember that. Episode <laughs> two of this podcast, and we're now at about episode 150. So it's been a long time coming in that regard. Casey Trujeque, what's going on, brother? What's up, Pounce? I'm a vet at this now, You're man. a vet at this, baby. You know what you're doing now. <laughs> so do I. Ep episode two, my nerves was sky high. <laughs> so, I could tell. I could tell. Yeah, my nerves were sky high at that time. So I think we both have figured it out since then. And yeah. also we have his uh, co-founder here, Molly Klein. Molly, thanks for joining us. Here for the first time. Yeah, thanks for having us. Hopefully not the last. Oh yeah, it, it won't be the last. <laughs> Trust me, it won't be the last. But but again, Casey, going back to that time when you were on here on episode two, I was like scrolling through the archives earlier today because I didn't remember if you were episode two or three. You were indeed episode two. And the first three guests that I had on this episode, on the inaugural episode, it was Malika Andrews. And that's when she was still in college at the University of Portland. And obviously to see what she's evolved into killing it at ESPN is absolutely dope. Yeah. Um, the third episode was Jacqueline Keeler, who's a Native American activist um, and a journalist as well. And she's for a long time covered Native American masketry and to see the drastic changes that we've seen, especially as of late with the assistance yeah. of the Black Lives Matter movement. We're just seeing mascots being changed all across the world of sports 
Um, even here, we had the Portland Winterhawks just have to change their yep. mascot. Our, our boy over at Portland Gear was able to give them their new mascot. And now here we are with you and your evolution. Um, at the time, you were primarily a professional skills trainer. You still are in that world, and we'll get to that a little bit later on. But now you, along with Molly, have figured out a way to come and create essentially a collision between sports and technology by way of creating this new app called the Sports Source app. So for starters, I want you to to tell me what is the Sports Sports Source app, first and foremost, and also how you two came together to ultimately create that collision that I mentioned. Yeah, well, I'll start, and then while you can chime in. Yeah. Um, Very simply, Sports Source is an app or a platform that connects athletes, trainers, and coaches to spaces. So whether that be a basketball court, a studio, a swimming pool, just anything active. Yeah. So easily said, we're the Airbnb for sports. Um, how this came about was just started back into my training days. I was earlier on in the beginning of the podcast, I was training and training a lot of athletes and, you know, high school athletes and collegiate athletes. And it was always tough to find a consistent space to work them out. Mm. You know, we would use club sports sometimes. We would get into high school sometimes. But there was never a solid, consistent location that we were able to kind of get in. And one of the things that I kind of did to, like, offset that was I decided to open my own facility. You know, I thought that that was kind of the answer to all my problems. Right. So when I opened my own facility, I think that was about in 2016, 2017, uh, I realized quickly that, you know, a a brick and mortar and having a facility and a gym and a weight room, like that comes with its own set of issues, Mm. right? So um, I thought I was solving one problem, but turns out there was much more. You created another problem (laughs) for yourself. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. One of the things that I was really trying to do was just market my, my gym, you know, get athletes to come in, get coaches, teams, lots of teams need practice time, lots of trainers need gyms to um, train in. Um, but that was difficult in its in its own right, because there is no like place or platform or just one location where you can kind of advertise to those sport enthusiasts, if you will. Um, so one day, like, you know, I was just trying to diversify revenue in any way I could just to keep the gym afloat. And as actually my sister, she reached out to me and she said, you know, you should list your gym on this app called PeerSpace. And I went on PeerSpace and it was just nothing like what I wanted. They were a platform to rent out uh, like office time. Mm. So you can rent out like event space or like corporate right. space. Right. But, you know, that they didn't have any of my target audience. They didn't have anybody that was looking for sports. Exactly. So I was like, yo, this is perfect. Like, I'm going to create this, like this Airbnb for sports, you know, where all athletes, parents, coaches that are looking for this, regardless of their needs, maybe they want to have a photo shoot or a video shoot or a birthday party in a basketball gym or just anything that they could do in a sporting facility. Um, Yeah, so that's kind of his birth. I met up with Molly. Uh, I was training her son at the time, and I'll kind of let her get into like her part of that. Yeah, so I met Casey when he was at like the lowest of, I think, this process (laughs) and uh, getting ready to shut down his gym. And we had only been in his life for, I guess, a couple months, but I'd already seen just like this mass progression in the talent level of my kid in the time working with him. And so when I found out he was leaving, well, I think all of us in our community were like, wait, what? No, like you can't leave. And so he kind of told me about his idea for the app. And I said, oh, well, you know, like I have a business background. So if I can ever help you with anything, kind of let me know. Yeah. 
And uh, the last thing he said to me before he left town was like, Molly, you have to make me do this app. Like, make me do this app. Yeah, and I was yeah, just yeah, kind of yeah, like... He needed that push. Right, yeah, yeah. He needed that push. Yeah, and I was like, okay, I'm never going to see this kid again. Like, whatever. <laughs> and so... <laughs> and so... Uh, but he meant it. So we just kind of kept in contact and started kind of just building out kind of the idea, doing a lot of market research. Um, you know, I as a youth parent and like coach myself had experienced kind of the trouble that he's pinpointing, which is like, okay, you go to, you know, book a practice time, but you find it like nine o'clock on a Tuesday, you have to drive an hour, yeah. then maybe you can sneak in like Saturday morning. And so, you know, we just started kind of like doing market research, talking to people and discovered that, you know, yeah, wow, this really is kind of a universal problem with kind of like an unlimited market size, right? Because it's not limited to just, you know, maybe basketball, which might be casing my background, but you talk about like, People trying to schedule fields for soccer, lacrosse, swimming pools. Um, gosh, what else? Studio, yoga studios, Pilates centers. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. We, we really, sorry to cut you off, Molly. We really covered three like main aspects. So it's like the sports and rec. So that's all you think like basketball, baseball, football, soccer. Right. And then it's the fitness. So like if there's a weight room in the backyard or mm-hmm. in the garage, you can rent that out. Or it's the mindful movement, like we just talked about, like the yoga, like bar, Pilates. Yeah. And kind of what we found in doing our research is that everyone's used to these doing business this way, right? Like on these two-way platforms, you know, maybe you're getting your groceries delivered or, you know, take out food. So it's kind of like the intersection of sports and physical activity in that whole market, but then also just two-way platforms and everyone getting used and accustomed to kind of sharing their space. People are, you know, renting their cars out now on Turo or using Uber and Lyft. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like the new way of just doing things that we thought, you know, it's kind of a perfect kind of blend of the two. You know, COVID helped us out a lot. Too. I was just yeah. getting ready to ask you all that next <laughs> because, yeah, I was that was literally going to be my next question because I'm seeing everybody essentially become entrepreneurs, even if it's not an entrepreneur and say you are like working for this app. Yeah. I think people not wanting to go back to work inside of an office space as well as being able to kind of dictate how they plan out their day and how they schedule their day without having to be confined to an office for eight hours a day. How do they want to go about just kind of the timeliness of how they want their life to flow essentially. And so with this app, obviously with it, you know, making things a lot more accessible for folks in a lot of different ways. How is it that COVID helped you all out to be able to launch during a time that has been a challenge for so many people? Yeah. Yeah, Well, one of the things was it just gave us so much more time. Like it gave me and Molly time to just slow down in life and just really focus up on it. I know Molly was juggling a bunch of different jobs before COVID happened, but you know, just gave us time. Number one. Yeah. And then secondly, um, like sports isn't going away. Like athletes still have to work out. Athletes still have to train for their sport. Like that was never something that was going to leave just totally. But what you found is, you know, they couldn't go to the LA fitnesses or 24 hour fitness or these big corporate facilities. Now they're looking to work out in people's backyards, like Molly's son, their team was practicing people's backyards. Um, They were getting private uh, sessions in like private studios. They were just trying different ways to keep, you know, up with working out or people just with their mental health. Like they were working outside. They were just, you know, trying to find creative ways. So I think SportsSource kind of brings that to the forefront now. Like you can rent out your garage, you can rent out your backyard, you can rent out, you know, the outside basketball court. So 
we think that that'll change. That'll, that definitely helps us change consumer behavior a little bit for sure. Yeah. And I think even on the corporate facility side, like we never thought going into this that, you know, um, a membership type gym would be one of our target clients because yeah. we are targeting mm. more like the individually owned. But what we found from COVID was that those people were, well, first of all, suddenly slow enough to take our calls, right? Because yeah. people yeah. had so much exactly. time. Right. But secondarily to that, just needing to revamp their business model. What we're finding COVID did, I think, in a lot of arenas is really mix up, kind of make people think creatively about their business model in general. Yeah. So if you can't get those members in the door, well, what else can you do? Maybe you have a studio upstairs that's sitting vacant. Maybe you have an extra basketball court and now you can rent that out, open up your doors. And that's just good exposure for the community to come in and, you know, see your facility in general. So we found it just opened up um, a lot of doors for us on the in the sports side and then also just leaders in the tech world that were gracious enough to kind of mentor us and take our calls. Yeah. I I'm glad you said that because that leads me into my next question is this app being a networking tool because in a sense you're bringing the community together in such yeah. a unique way as you know coaches and teams meet owners of homes and facilities and as you mentioned some of the folks that you all been able to have help you out professionally uh and, and from a tech level how has network kind of been at not the forefront but but it's just been a thing in this in this whole process for you all I think it's been one of the most important things. I mean, not only Casey's inherent network of just athletes and people in the sports industry and my connections into youth sports, but we were actually able to tap into the tech network just with the world that we're living in with everyone at home in COVID. We were able to hop on LinkedIn, look up people that were strangers, message them, say, hey, yeah. will you take a call with us? Um, just kind of because the world collided how it did, we were able to reach out and recruit even our tech team who came from Google, Airbnb, and have people gracious enough to step in and say like, oh yeah, we'll help you and we'll come alongside you and build this with you. So I would say network has been huge, not just from, you know, uh, the market size, but just the building out of the actual product size too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, who all does this help? Like, how can you become a host? How can you become a user? Like, what does it take for somebody to to get involved and or get in, get involved and basically take advantage of all the opportunities that the app presents. Yeah, I would say if you have a heartbeat, this app can help you. <laughs> there we go. Um, <laughs> I mean, there it's really go. it's really vast, but I'll dig into like a few of the use cases that we think are going to be the most popular. I would say on the user side, if you are a personal trainer, you might have been like limited to whoever you have a relationship with, or maybe you have a small studio, but now your business becomes wide open, right? Because if you have someone request your services on the other side of the city, all you have to do is open an app, find a spot in that part of the city, and suddenly Ooh. suddenly you have facilities all around, you Ooh. know? So <laughs> to ju ahead. jump in, yeah, as a trainer myself, it just gives you, it makes you more dynamic because you don't have to look for, you know, a place to just call home or one spot. You don't have to open up your own facility, right? Now you have an influx of inventory of all these different spaces just at the click of a button. You just kind of become like almost, you know, citywide, I guess. You can be anywhere at any time. Um, so, yeah, just yeah. speaking from personal experience, I knew that would have helped me immensely. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a big one. I think coaches, too, especially when you're traveling and you're mm -hmm. in a new city. I mean, what do you do, right? You you land in a city, you don't have relationships with those gyms, and suddenly your kids have a tournament, say you're at like an AAU tournament, and you have nowhere to practice before the game. So we see that as opening doors for coaches, too, or do you even just locally when you want to plan out your season 
and you need new spaces. You know, we go into churches, we find these courts, we're sourcing these things for people so that they don't have to spend that time. A lot of times yeah. people are relying on like a parent or a volunteer and they don't know and they're just going to Google. Well, I can tell you if you go to Google, there's nothing there for you. Like right. it's very yeah. tricky. So coaches, um, trainers, I would say another one would be, yeah, just people that are traveling, um, friends that just want to play a game of pickup basketball. And, you know, just want to find a spot on the fly. Um, families that want to go play maybe softball on an afternoon in the weekend. Um, someone that wants to go play tennis. Yeah. yeah, really just anyone that wants to move. Just get active. Yeah. yeah. Mental health is huge right now. Everybody's trying to work out. You know, I think COVID also brought that to the forefront. So, yeah, anybody yeah. that wants to just play, move, train, or exercise, really. And then on the, the user side. On the user sure. side. And then the host, I think, you know, it, we really see it as we come in, and not only are we like a lead generation tool maybe for a club that needs new ways to like turn that downtime into dollars, you know, like that's, I think, a big service. But also just places that are already busy, it's just a more convenient way to manage your bookings. I mean, who doesn't go to their phone for everything, Absolutely right? everything. Exactly. <laughs> Can't live without it right. these days. Exactly. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. With, with that, like, what's the cost structure for this? Is it affordable? Is it made to be affordable? Or, you know, it's just such a good product and it's such a good app for people to be able to use you might have to deal with whatever it costs to be able to make something happen that you couldn't before. <laughs> no, it, it's really affordable. We think we're a lot lower than the usual uh, two-way platforms. Um, we take a 10% commission from the host. Okay. And a 7.5% um, service fee to the user. But again, we're doing all of the lead generations. We're finding the athletes. You know, We're doing all the marketing for them. So... For example, if they rent out their gym for a hundred dollars, they'll get paid ninety. But you know, all of our users, all of the audience is just right there on the platform for them. Mm -hmm. um, but and you got to think about it this way too, pounds. Like, if I was a this for me, for example, I had one basketball full court gym. Um, I wanted people to rent it out that played basketball or you know that. I trained. remember. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> but now what what you're doing with the app is you're just diversifying that so much. Like you're turning your basketball court into like a multi-dimensional complex in a sense because now you can rent it out to people that want to do gymnastics, yoga, people that want to have a birthday party in there, people that want to have a video shoot in there. Like you're just changing the whole dynamics of it. So mm. the revenue model could just expand to things that you don't even know. Yeah. Right. So don't forget the pickleballers. Exactly. Pickleball. Like, <laughs> yeah. So shout out to the pickleballers. <laughs> so as a host, you, it's just up to you to be cre as creative as you want with whatever you want in your space. So we think that, you know, that's real special. Yeah. Absolutely. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say those are audiences that might have not walked through your door before. Because exactly. if you're a basketball trainer and you're only getting basketball people in your gym in the past, but now, you know, you have just a bigger audience of people that can come in and, and use that space. Absolutely. For you in particular, Molly, like you are a woman in the spaces of sports and technology. Yeah. Um, do you think about that often in, in terms of like just what your mission may be as a woman on a personal level, how you want to inspire other women yeah. that want to be in this space or are already navigating through this space? Because obviously it could be tough in that regard. Yeah. Um, what does this project mean for you as a woman and ultimately want you what you want to accomplish in that regard? We yeah. talk about this all the time. Yeah, it's so <laughs> funny, too, because I grew up in a family of brothers, and we were very much a sports family. So I guess I would, would be called like a tomboy in some regards. Like I went to school to be a sports journalist. I grew up like helping run Terrell Brandon's uh, basketball court uh, camps in Irving Parks. Like I've always been kind of in like a boy's world, I guess. So I've never... 
don't really think about it that often. But mm-hmm. then it, I remember specifically as Casey and I got into this, there was like a specific day after a specific meeting that I got out of that I just felt exhausted. And I was like, why do I feel exhausted? And I was like, whoa. I was like, I really am swimming up current in this world. Like it is, it's a very much like man's world kind of on both sides. And so, but I'm, I'm excited. Like, I think there's no reason that, you know, there shouldn't be more women in technology and in sports. And um, there are a lot of, of great ones kind of starting to pave the way. So yeah, no, I think it's a great opportunity. I think it's exciting. And I think for Casey and I, as you know, a minority and women owned company, like we, you know, it's an uphill battle. It's an uphill battle. They, you get two percent of all venture funding if that's kind of your demographics of your company. And I think we kind of take it on as part of our mission. Like we're here to help, you know, change sports and change the industry, and hopefully, you know, just be an example for other people. You know that yeah, you can do it. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. that's super dope. Super dope to hear. Um, this thing cost for you too. Obviously, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure you put pro- you probably put out a lot more so far than you've gotten back because this is so new. It just launched yes. how long ago? Maybe like ten days ago. Ten days ago. So this yeah. is this yeah. is fresh off the press. This is not something that has been going on for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Um. So where are you at? I know you have investors. I've seen Jeff Teague is one of the investors mm-hmm. yeah. in this thing. But even when I posted Sports Source app on my story, I had about four or five people hit me up directly about it. Um, yeah. Some people saying that this was an idea that they thought about and they just never went through <laughs> on it. Yeah. Uh, other people figuring out how do we get this expanded to the city I'm in because I'm from California. So yeah. I have people in the Bay Area that inquired about it. Like, how do yeah. we get this going on in California? It just drew interest of people because clearly it's interesting um how does this all impact you cost wise and where maybe can people kind of insert themselves in (laughs) to help elevate this thing yeah yeah we've been at it for like two years now i want to say um it's from the idea part of it and we've raised about six hundred and fifty thousand so far and in the beginning if you would have told us that you know you need to raise that much money we Probably would have done it. We had it. no yeah, idea. We had no idea kind of <laughs> yeah. going into it, how expensive wow. it was. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. dope. That's dope. <clears throat> um, so we're trying to raise about 1.5 to just support our launch efforts in Portland. Portland is like our pilot city. Uh, we're going to be out here and test and try to um, get it off the ground in Portland and then expand, yeah, during that whole West Coast. Uh, I'm, I'm, You know, I'm from L.A. too, so right, everybody right. in Los Angeles wants it to be out there as well. Um, but yeah, our, we have some amazing investors. Brian Grant is one of them. Um, his sons, Alan Crabb that played with the Blazers. So we have a good, like Portland background, I Mm -hmm. would say. Um, yeah, that's strong. Yeah, no, I was, we are definitely always looking for investors and it's just been great to see, you know, we have the gamut of, you know, we have someone on the East coast who is just a college, you know, baseball player who just loves sports, who came Mm. alongside us. We have, you know, just kind of great stories. Someone in England who, you know, they were telling us about their sons going through college and needing spaces. And so it's been really fun to just meet different people that came along and, and supported us. Um, and then, yeah, the fundraising always continues because yeah. it costs a lot of money to build technology and to scale it. It's cool with our like investors right now. It was essentially becoming a little family because, yeah. you know, it was just an idea at first. So yeah. what our investors are doing is they're investing in who me and Molly are and our vision and where, you know, they think that we can take it. So um, I'm sure they'll be happy like our, our uh, bookings that we're getting and they're seeing the revenue now. But um, at, at first, it was just them believing in us. So yeah. that's always special, too. Absolutely. And, and obviously, you have other people that may want to help this thing out, but may not mm-hmm. have the funding to be able to help. Exactly. How, 
what are the other ways that people can get involved to again help elevate yeah. Sports Source? Spread the word. I yeah. mean, that's the thing we need the most, you know, post it on your story. Tell your friends if you have connections to a facility. There's no cost to come on our app. Um, yeah. We'll even come out and take pictures for you. We just want to open the door to spaces for people in our community. You know, we're excited to help Portland first, but we can only make it happen with um, other people spreading the word. So yeah. I would just say. Giving yeah. access. That's that's really what yeah. the whole mission is about. Giving yeah. access to just youth and people in general. Like, you know. Growing up, you always want to work out in the gym where that's a new thing, like with everybody training. Like, so just giving more people more access to facilities. Yeah, that's kind of absolutely. What about like, because obviously you both mentioned that Portland is the pilot city, but mm-hmm. um, what about in other cities? Can anybody just get it started if you have a gym available? If you have it could be in your backyard of your home. It doesn't have to be like an actual facility that you have to have, like, you know, and from a business landscape, um, can anybody get started now anywhere now that this thing is launched or is it still just Portland based for the time being? I I would say anybody could get it started. The only, the only reason why we keep saying it's Portland based is because we're doing all of our marketing to the Portland users. So if you're in, let's say the Bay area and you have a facility, we we're just not marketing to those users. So, you know, if you list your platform, you might not have people renting it out necessarily from gotcha. us, yeah. like right. us giving you those leads, but you can rent it out to the people that, you know, you have. And if it's an easier tool, which it is, um, to just have one, everything in one app, then you can by all means do so. We're not, we're not stopping that, but, uh, our target like marketing audience is important. Yeah, so this is bringing, where you are. Exactly. Yeah. We're, we're bringing all of our users and like all of our network to these facilities and then we'll start branching out. Yeah, we have a facility, like, for example, in Indianapolis yeah. using the app just because they want to simplify how they're doing exactly. their bookings right now. And they're tired of people not paying or making a reservation, not showing up. And so they're they're using it, you know, just internally with their own people. So, yeah, I yeah. would say, you know, for sure, you're welcome to come use it and it'll, it'll grow eventually. But, um, yeah, just concentrate in Portland to start. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Casey, just to switch gears a little bit. What I already know the, what you're going to ask me. <laughs> he already knows. <laughs> what in the 92 points happened to Peyton Pritchard the other night? I was in the Bay Area when it happened, and I wake up, and I get on the app, and I said, 92 points? What was he doing out there? Man. And were you there? Did you? I know you went to – I think you might have went to the game after. <laughs> I wasn't there, but let me tell you the story. Tell me the story. <laughs> so I, I need it. <laughs> 92 points. That's the story I need. <laughs> Peyton called me the night before. He was like, hey, I got a game tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Like, you know, come. And I was like, all right, like, you know, I'll definitely pull up. I'll be there. Uh, I think, I don't know what we were doing. Something with sports source. It just kept me up late. And I had like a, a late start to the morning. I was just so tired. And so I texted him, I'm like, P, I don't think I'm gonna make it, you know. And he didn't tell me who he was playing or anything. So I was just I just thought it was just a regular pro am game. Uh so I fell asleep, actually. I fell asleep during that time. <laughs> and I wake up and I text him and I'm like, Hey, did you kill today? Like, you know, just checking in on him like Yeah, 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 yeah. What, what's up? You're his trainer. Exactly. You're his trainer. <laughs> exactly. And all he texted me back and said ninety two. And I was just like, What? Like, what are you talking about? Like not what's 92 i had no idea what he's man I'm talking about I, the last thing i thought was he's scored points. 92 points <laughs> yeah. he was like i just dropped 92 i was like no way <laughs> 
I was hot too because I missed it. So no, bro. That's just him. That that's his killer mentality. Peyton doesn't stop. Like I've always said, he's the hardest working athlete. Like regardless of skill, regardless of level that I've ever been around. Um, he just yeah, he just he has that Kobe mentality. Like he won't stop coming after you. Yeah, yeah. And, and Peyton was somebody that I was totally wrong on, and I'm never afraid to admit <laughs> when I'm wrong. But but me and Casey, we have basketball conversations often. He respects a lot of my takes. I respect just about everything he has to say about the sport of basketball. But one take that I had because I wasn't really aware of like the four time state champion Peyton Pritchard. I got yeah. introduced to him his freshman year of college. Right. at U of O and obviously yeah. that's when you you know you, you're getting your feet under you at that level and so Casey's just telling me like this dude's going to the league this dude's going <laughs> to the league I'm like Casey there's no way this guy's going to the league like he went D1 and he's playing in the Pac-12 like that's good enough Casey right. but this is not a division I mean not a division one this is not an NBA talent yeah. and you you always told me like bro you're just wrong on this one. I'm telling you I've never seen anybody work harder so about yeah. his junior year into college I'm like alright Casey knew what he was talking right, about right. and clearly I didn't and again I'm not afraid to admit that right here right now you know you don't get them all right I get most of it right but I didn't get this one right man but yeah. you told me like dude. this dude right here is an absolute killer and his, he'll grind his way he'll crawl dude, into the NBA exactly. if he has to exactly. because he just he just it, doesn't quit at all his his work ethic is out of this world, bro. Like, I've never seen an athlete to work as hard as Peyton's work. And it doesn't matter who... This is what I always loved about him, too. It doesn't matter who he's with. Like, I remember times we he was in high school, and we would be working out with first and second graders, like, at a clinic. And this dude would be going extremely hard. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't get that. Like, right. people would be like, oh, well, I don't really have to do this, you know. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm teaching the other kids, but... He's over there showing them what to do, going extremely hard, and it's just setting an example. Like I've never seen anything like it. So I just knew, I knew early on that nothing was gonna stop him from that. And him, him even now, like coming up, he he didn't play that much this year, but I know like he's gonna prove himself. He's gonna, yeah, he's gonna he'll, be he'll be fine. He'll, he'll be, be fine. Solid. I'm a believer. Like I said, he, <laughs> yeah, I'm a believer solid. now. Peyton convert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm certainly a believer. Who else have you been training this summer though? You like I said, you're still in that world, and um, I know you've been training Alan Crabb, obviously. Um, yeah. And you were training him while he was here in Portland. You two are high school teammates, your best mm -hmm. friends. Um, how's it going with him, man? I'm sure some of my Portland listeners want to <laughs> know how he's doing and what's going on with the fella. Yeah, Alan's doing really well. He's 100% healthy. Like, that was the biggest thing. Um, in Brooklyn, he just kind of hurt his knee a little bit. And they could never figure it out, like, what was going on. Um, so it was just like lingering. When we went to Atlanta, it was the same thing. Like he just never got to be a hundred percent again. So it definitely affects his play. Cause you know, when you, your knees bothering, your foot's bothering you, like that affects everything. Like yeah. jumping, rhythm, like rhythm shots. So, um, the biggest thing Alan had to do was just get healthy. Uh, so he did, he spent a lot of time with our trainer back in Los Angeles. Um, he did some rehab stuff. He did some, um, just a lot of like knee rehab stuff. And then we've been working out for about, I want to say like seven months now. Mm -hmm. And I would say he's NBA ready now. Like he looks really, really good. I obviously had to leave him for the last month and a half. Right, um, right. But no, I, I think he he's he had some workouts. He had a workout for the Celtics, and then he has some more like upcoming. So I think he, you should see him back in the NBA yeah. this year. Yeah, that's what I like it's to cool. hear. But no, I I stopped training. Really, I stopped training when I did the Sports Source app. So it's only really Allen and Peyton, um, and then 
like I'll help out Westland High School a little bit, like Jackson and Zeke yeah, and yeah, all yeah, those yeah, guys. Yeah. But yeah, they got some young killers over there. Yeah, they do. <laughs> but no, I really stopped training when it come to when it came to the app. I just wanted to be, you know, all in on that. So only really like my my guys like Peyton yeah. Allen that I that I just helped out. But do, do you miss it full time or are you happy to be in this space of, you know, getting this app off the ground? Yeah, uh, I get that question a lot. I don't miss the fact that I was trying to make like a career out of it. I think that mm. I I loved it so much that I didn't really want to focus on like the business side around training and making money. Like um, I think what I'm doing now fulfills me in that way, like, you know, my business venture, but I just love teaching the game, so I didn't I didn't really want the money to like skew that in any way. So um don't really miss it full time, uh, but it's always cool to get back out there. And I'm I always watch basketball and watch, you know, scouting stuff and synergy and all that. So it's fun to have bo- both the best worlds, I guess. Best okay. of both worlds, yeah. All right, all right, let's let's make a game out of this interview. Let's make a game <laughs> out of this interview. My name is Devon Pouncey, but for the sake of this game, call me Mark Cuban. Um, Shark Tank. <laughs> you have to give me one pitch for me to invest however millions of billions of dollars Mark Cuban <laughs> would be willing to invest in the Sports Source app. Molly, what would be the pitch for Sports Source? Because I'm looking to invest. I'm one of the hosts on Shark Tank, and I got the funds right here in my left pocket. But uh, I need a hell of a pitch. All right, here we go, Mark. Mark, your most important client calls you up. It's the deal you've been waiting for. He says, we're going to do this deal over a game of tennis on Sunday. Mark, you find the court. I will meet you there. Where do you find that court? Oh, right. You ah, don't. Okay. So, okay. Mark, what did you just lose by not having an accessible tool in your pocket? SportsSource provides you with that tool to find the court when you need it, where you want it. So, I would say, you know, you're walking into an $828 billion market. You have the acceleration of a shared economy and sports, and come alongside and do this deal. And uh, I think he would say yes. Yeah, no, I just said yes. I just said yes that for him. Mark good. Cuban, cut the check. <laughs> that, was good. that was a good one. Cut the check, Mark Cuban. Yeah, we'll, we'll make sure to send him this episode. Uh, we'll figure it out. Maybe somebody who's who you know in the Mavericks, Casey. I mean, I know right. you. <laughs> right. All right. So, so my last question here, maybe my last question. If I feel like asking another one, I will. <laughs> um, this show is called the Wake Up and Win Podcast. Yeah. I may have asked you this. I, I may have not even started asking this question because you were so early on in the episodes and again i was just figuring out what i was doing with this podcast but i like to ask my guests um sort of it sort of it is kind of a play off the oregon duck slogan but also the podcast is just called wake up and win so is there something that you do when you wake up in the morning that leads to you going out and winning the day yeah each of you can answer this question individually by the way i used to have this whole like morning routine um now it's kind of got a little skewed because I've just been traveling and whatnot, trying to find a home to live out here. But uh, one of the big things I tried to do was diaphragmic breathing, like belly breathing and meditating. Like those are my two things that I like always wanted to hit before the day started, um, just to calm your nervous system. You know, make sure your mind is right for the day, and the day could just go in so many different directions. So I felt like. You know, if I could just be good and centered within first, then, you know, I could kind of bring my my all to the day. 
Um, so that's what I like to do. That's what I like to start doing with diaphragmic breaths and some meditation. Yeah. I start my day usually with prayer and le- and I just call it like letting go. So like letting go of whatever I went to bed with, whether that was like holding on to like a resentment or like a stressor or whatever, but like just really trying to bring attention to like, okay, this is a new day. Like this isn't yesterday. This yeah. isn't last night. This isn't whatever you carried with you to bed. And uh, so, yeah, those are the two things I would say that I usually start the day with. What do you do in the morning? I just wake up and get after it. (laughs) (laughs) You wake up and win. I I, I wake up and win. There (laughs) we go. I I really don't have a routine. I probably should get one. I do work kind of early. So, like, I work, I get up for work at, like, 6.30-ish. Yeah. Um, And so, I get up and and, and I go to work and I work and I get after it. And I do all these different things. I work over at Street Roots, obviously. I'm a broadcaster. So, um, right now, not in basketball season, but during basketball, college basketball season in particular, I'm like crazy busy doing like three or four games a week because I'm over at Portland State, but I'm also at Pacific. So, Mm. I'm juggling between... Two pro, I mean, two schools, but three teams. Because for Pacific, I do men's and women's basketball, wow. and at Portland State, I only do men's basketball. Um, and then this year, I'll actually be doing college football over at Pacific as well. So that'll be new. I mean, I've covered college football when I was doing radio. We covered the Ducks, and yeah. so I've done like pre and post game shows, you know, at at Autzen Stadium and stuff like that. But Play by play, I haven't done that for football yet, so this will be a good challenge. Fun, yeah, this yeah. will be a good challenge starting up next month. So I'm I'm definitely excited about that. Um, but yeah, I just get up and get after it. Maybe I should do some diaphragmic breathing, <laughs> pray a little bit more, and I'll be all right. <laughs> yep. And, and I'll be. All right. Is there anything you all just kind of want to promote and push? Obviously, the app. How do people find it? Social media tags, individually, business, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I would just say, yeah, download the app on the App Store. Um, go onto our Instagram, follow us, uh, Sports Source app, and uh, get up and get moving. That's what this is about. It's supposed to be fun, you know. If you yeah. get on the app, we just hope to, you know, be the place you can go to on the weekend to have a good time. Go, go check it out. Go try it out. Yep. Yep. That's it. That's it. All righty. Well, on that note, we will leave y'all the only way that we know how, and that is to stay woke and go win. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Yeah, my pleasure. <laughs>